everybody, welcome to today's podcast, Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara Torsky, owner of the Curly Girl Movement and author of the Curly Girly book series, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I am here with my amazing co-host, Grace Cross. Oh, thanks for that wonderful introduction, Atara. You are equally amazing. Hi, everybody. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, which is the only global parenting magazine out there. We are both excited to welcome our esteemed guest and CNN hero, Rabbi Elimelech Goldberg. Rabbi Goldberg, also known fondly as Rabbi G, is the founder and international director of a powerful and important organization called Kids Kicking Cancer. Welcome, Rabbi G. How are you today? I am absolutely fine once we kicked out the name. So we're really happy to have you here and really excited to talk about your organization because I really think that it is important in so many ways on so many levels. So just give us a little background about how it got started and and what it means to you and to the children. Our first child was diagnosed with leukemia in 1980, a time when unfortunately it's not the treatable disease that it is today. At uh, two years old she was telling the docs at UCLA at the bone marrow transplant, no medication today, please, and telling the five-year-old kids not to cry. A number of years after she passed away, I found myself directing a camp for kids with cancer in New York, uh, Camp Simcha from the Chai Lifeline. Mm -hmm. And I came upon a five-year-old child. Now, I actually also, I'm on the faculty in the medical school as a clinical assistant professor in pediatrics. In the old days, we used to teach that there's a pain message in the brain. Today, we teach that fear, anger, not having purpose actually picks up the nociceptive, the the pain message in the brain. I happened to walk in on a five-year-old child who was being held down by two nurses. A third nurse has a large syringe to plunge into his chest. And the child was screaming something awful and was going to have the most awful pain experience because he was so afraid and angry. and So I just yelled, wait, and they all stopped. Even the kids stopped screaming. And they looked at me. I didn't have a clue what I was going to say next. <laughs> right. I just said to the nurses, could you give me five minutes with this child? The nurses were happy to leave, and the little boy looked at me like I was the governor. I just stayed his execution. Wow. And I approached the child, and I said, you know, I'm a black belt, which doesn't mean anything, but to a kid, it's a wow. I said, you want me to teach you some karate? He almost jumped off the table. I explained to him in the martial arts, you learn that pain is a message you don't have to listen to. You could bring in this amazing energy, this chi, this light, and push out the pain. Watch me. And five minutes later, we're doing a simple Tai Chi breathing technique. And 20 minutes later, they took the needle out, and he looked at the nurse, and he said, did you do it yet? And that's when Kids Kicking Cancer was born. Wow, really, from that moment, wow. you really that felt... That moment, I was so focused that we have a tool that can lower children's pain across the planet. So we started wow. with 10 children at Children's Hospital of Michigan in 1999. And now on our 20th year, we see 10,000 children in 72 facilities in seven countries across the globe. Wow. So you're traveling all over for this. We're, we just did our launch in Ottawa, Canada, last uh, two weeks ago. Oh. Two days later, we started our first class in Harare, Zimbabwe. 
Amazing. Wow. Just incredible. Just uh, You could just tell right across the globe. You know, the pain is a message you don't have to listen to. And in the martial arts we teach, if you get hit and you're starting focusing on the pain, you can't defend yourself. The ability to breathe in the light and blow out the pain gives you tremendous power to create an inner peace. And we ask the children, what's your purpose that you allowed to teach the world? And that's our mantra. Power, peace, purpose. That we can breathe in this amazing light and use our breath to push out pain, fear, anger, distress, depression. Wow. We ask the kids, what's your purpose to teach the world? We, we evidence that for them. We bring them to other kids to teach how to do this. And then we saw after a few years, if we could teach kids how to do this, we could teach adults. We'll just talk slower. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. We started bringing our kids to companies. Six years ago, I brought a group of kids from Sloan Kettering mm -hmm. to teach Pfizer executives how to breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. And they called me three days later from Italy when I come to Rome to teach Pfizer Italy how to do this. Wow. And Pfizer in Italy got so excited about the project. They introduced us to Bambino Gesù Hospital, which happens to be the Vatican Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. which I thought was like really cool that an Orthodox rabbi needed permission from the Pope's office to teach an Eastern meditative technique to Vatican children. <laughs> wow, yes. Today we're in 11 <laughs> hospitals in Italy. Wow, so you're, wow. what your message is really doing is crossing lines everywhere. Okay. We call it the hero's circle. And we've gone beyond cancer now. We're teaching all children in pain, but the key is to allow these children to teach others. So we did half of a project, God willing, continuing in September, with children in trauma in a public school here that has extraordinary challenges. We taught third and fourth graders how to breathe in the light, blow out the darkness. Yes. And we introduced them to martial artists, telling them, this is your power. And by the way, you can help our kids with cancer by doing this. And so we gave them globes. Mm -hmm. Inside of the globe is a picture that says, this is, that says, I'm the boss of my brain. It's a picture of a brain. And when the children get upset, become not focused, become angry, they pick out, take out their globe, they shake it, and they use their breathing to focus themselves until the snow clears. And they can see that message, I'm the boss of my brain. So you give them a visual tool to actually help them. It's a combination of a visual tool Mm -hmm. as well as a physical exercise. Mm -hmm. We've actually trademarked the term breath break, B-R-A-K-E. Nice. We have a unique way to demonstrate that you can lower the stress, lower the glucocorticoids coming out of the adrenal gland. You could use the breath to go from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic or from fight or flight to a relaxation response. When I first started Kids Kicking Cancer, many of my medical colleagues told me, don't emphasize the breath work. It's a little bit heebie-jeebie, as they say. Right, right. But I give grand rounds all over the world. Even though I love the act of rabbit, and my greatest joy in life is to hear myself speak. So I can... Well, that's why we have you on. <laughs> you, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I've given grand rounds in places all over the planet. There hasn't been a place that I can recall where someone doesn't come up to me and say they're the ones who are trained in breath work in the hospital. Because the empirical evidence, the literature, that shows how quickly we can change mm -hmm. the stress chemicals in our body is so profound. When you see the children doing it, 
it really gets through to people. So we bring these kids across the planet. At the same time, we're in the midst of concluding a study with a grant from the state of Michigan where opioid addicts, people who have been addicted to heroin and fentanyl, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. have a virtual reality now that we're showing them the children inside of their brain. So they look in this immersive experience and they choose a child who takes them inside of their brain, teaches them how to breathe in the light and blow out the darkness, and introduces them to the limbic system, which turns into a beast. And the beast begins to twirl around and says to them, you know, because you're, you're really like face-to-face in the beast in this VR experience. Right. right. And the beast says, what are you doing with these kids? They're nothing to you. I'm everything. And the beast is standing over drug paraphernalia. And the mm-hmm. child appears and says, no, your beast is a lie. You can breathe in the light, blow out the darkness. And as the user breathes in, they, the whole thing turns to this amazing light. As they breathe out, it makes holes in the beast. And we've literally had people walking on the streets of Detroit to purchase heroin and get the reminder, because it's companies with a phone app, of your breath break, stop, do their breath break, and go home and thank the children on their app. Wow. I I think this is so powerful. Like, when I'm listening to you, you know, as the mother of three children, I'm, I'm thinking this can be used in just a myriad of ways for children in the school setting, at home when they're anxious. There's just so many ways to incorporate this. So I guess I'm curious, are you are you working with kids to just incorporate this in schools generally? Yes. Right? It's well, we, we're in our, in our grant that we're, please God, will receive the grant, but our grant that we're working on for this year, for this coming school year, we're working in a school that's not traumatized and as well as a school and traumatized, as well as having a third school, which is a control group, Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. To demonstrate that we can make a change in children's levels of stress. And we're using all types of biometrics. We have our own EEG to show that we can change children's brains. And the, it's cool because it's martial arts, but it's really adaptive breathing. And using these techniques and getting the children to feel powerful and assigning purpose to it because they're helping our kids mm-hmm. is a very unique model. That's we call that hero's circle. But within that model is really an extraordinary opportunity to change and self-regulate for children everywhere and for adults. You know, one of the things that they found in the Pepper Elementary School that we did our first year of study with mm-hmm. is that even children on the autism spectrum yes. were using the breath to self-regulate. Wow. And they were, they were blown away by that. It's, it's quite amazing. I mean, I have to um, confess, I uh, meditate myself for the last four years twice a day. And I can say that it's been one of the, the most impactful things that I've done um, in my life, both as, as a mother and in my work setting. It really, it's the ability to really just be in the moment, breathe, and then for the rest of the day, it seems to carry you through so that your stress level seems much more manageable in everything you do. I, I've noticed that for me. So that's why this is this is interesting to me because I think it's amazing how you're helping so many of these children um, with cancer and with other illnesses. And I think that it really could be a tool for, for really everyone, kids, adults, and everyone alike, because we all have stress. You know, that's what we're trying to demonstrate in our studies. And our goal is to make power, peace, purpose a mantra that people can engage in, realizing that they do have the power 
to reach into that energy to pull down that light. And they can create inner peace, but everyone's a teacher. Yes. Everyone in their lives are people watching them. And when we respond with tightness and anger and fear, which is a normal, natural stress response, well, that makes a lot of sense. But when people see that you can breathe in the light and blow out the darkness and put a smile on your face, you're changing the lives of people around you. And that's power, peace, purpose. There are many disciplines that use similar techniques. You know, we, we've actually cross-trained with, um, with yoga people. Mm -hmm. because they do a lot of this. Personally, I find yoga a bit of a stretch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I miss that. It's a good time. <laughs> but, but, um, but you've teamed with them because... Yeah, but it's the same thing. Right. The ability to... I'm sorry about that, but the ability to <laughs> create a very simple integrative technique after a while becomes neurologically implanted into people's brains. So you don't need a mat for it. You don't need to right. do it on the highway. Mm -hmm. Although that, you know, we, we do suggest <laughs> if you're actually driving not to close your eyes. Right. You're trying <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. dig and then it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> right. You're just sitting Tell there. I'm originally a New York boy. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or it's just for those of you who non-New Yorkers, you're mostly sitting there and not moving anyway on the Major Deegan. So that was <laughs> Rabbi G's point. <laughs> yeah. Very excited that we're able to take this forward, and every child in our group becomes a teacher from the get-go. They're teaching their doctors, their nurses, they're teaching their parents, and then we actually bring them to teach others, and it's fascinating. You know when. There's, it's, it's very common for now social workers and other groups to bring children into their, um, uh, bring children back to their classroom who have been sick. Mm -hmm. And the social worker will get up in front of the class and be able to uh, demonstrate this is what Johnny had and this is why he's wearing a mask or he might be bald or might have an amputation and explain. So at least Johnny doesn't have to explain it to, you know, 30 of his fourth grade friends. Right. But, exactly. but he's still sitting in the back of the room feeling very different. Yes. What we do at Kids Kicking Cans is we bring Johnny to the front of the room oh. and we explain that everybody has stress. And Johnny's been going through a very stressful situation, explained the situation the very same way. I said, but Johnny's learned how to use his karate power to use that power to breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. And he's going to teach here, everybody here how to do it. Because when you take a test, you can think better if you do this breathing. Johnny, let's demonstrate how to use the breath as a breath break. So all of a sudden, Johnny's little karate uniform is teaching his friends. He is different from his friends. He's a teacher. Right. That's a significant change. When we, we have children walking down the hall in physical therapy programs, you know, it's, it's another thing of compliance. They have to do this. They have to do that. When our kids walk down the hall, because we work together with the entire therapeutic team in the hospital, when our kids walk down the hall, they're doing their blocking. They're doing their breathing. They're walking as martial artists. Kids after chemotherapy don't want to eat. Right. We explain to them that's cool. However, martial artists eat to bring the energy into the body because that builds up our power. And so it becomes a change of implication that what's implied here is not some sick kid doing some more therapy. It's actually a powerful martial artist teaching the world.
Right. So you, you're essentially changing their inner dialogue, and that in turn changes their view of themselves. Which and their families, too. I bet that you must have witnessed fit parents get more confidence when they see their child get their power back. Absolutely. And, you know, as being a, a dad in a hospital for a year, yes, there's nothing more stressful than waiting for the next diagnostic. However, yeah. teaching the breath work to the parents, well, we always tell them, never remind the child to breathe. Always see, I'm, I'm feeling uptight. How do you do that breathing again? Mm. Yes. The child is the key. The child is the teacher. We had a child in, um, we started a program in London, Ontario, a young man who actually worked with us in Windsor, Canada. Oh, so close. And he was happy. I'm sorry. Oh, so close to us because uh, Atara is um, American and I'm Canadian. So that's right down the road <laughs> for me. You're right so in the middle. I have to add A in a few times. <laughs> that's right. There you go. <laughs> oh, this child was having surgery in Toronto. And this, this young man, he was five years old, and the nurse comes in at two o'clock in the morning, just a few hours after he finishes surgery. It was his umpteenth surgery. And the nurse says, you know, I'm, I'm going to um, ask you if you don't mind holding down Luca, because I'm going to have to change his bandages. He's going to bleed. And once he's uncomfortable already, I'll start restart the IV. And mom says, I don't hold Luca down. And the nurse gets a little bit you know, pulsed and said, but I'll, I'll, I thought it'd be more comfortable. I'll get another nurse. And as she's walking out, little Lucas sits up and says, no, 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 come back. You don't understand. I'm a martial artist. I don't have to be held down. Wow. I'm going to teach you how to breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. And as he's getting his skin ripped, he's breathing in and he's blowing out the discomfort as the needle's coming in. He's actually pulling in that feeling of discomfort and turning aside and blowing it out the other way. And the nurse said to, to mom afterwards, I've been in nursing for 100 years. I've never seen anything like this. And so thanks to our little marketing guy, Luca, we have to pay him big bucks for that. <laughs> thanks for our little guy, you know, they, they started in London, where this normally gets his treatment, and now working to start in Toronto. The key is that children have to feel powerful. Right. Any type of pediatric illness, especially chronic disease, takes away a feeling of empowerment, a feeling of normalcy. They're different from their friends. We add power to them to create that peace, but at the same time, explain to them how important they are. They become teachers. And that becomes a mind shift. We've actually began presenting the results of functional MRIs that we've done with the children pre and post to see differences that our meditative technique is made in the insula and the amygdala of these children's brains. And that study is profound. We hope he's got to publish it by the end of this year. Wow. I, I, I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking that this is just such an amazingly powerful tool for children to learn empowerment everywhere, right? Because I can think of so many, like, quote, everyday situations where kids are feeling, you know, disempowered, right? They're on the playground. Um, they have to get up and make a, make a speech. They have to present something to the class. All of the breathing techniques that you're talking about, which take, what, minutes to do, would probably be so impactful for these children. So we are working today. We now have 32 of these videos that teach in three-minute segments made for second, third, fourth, fifth graders. And we're studying how that integrates into their heads in a way that changes their ability 
to take tests, to deal with bullying, to deal with missing the bus or feeling unsafe or et cetera, et cetera, from a position and a platform of power, our greatest goal is to change victims into victors. I like that. That's beautiful. So tell us, Rabbi G, for a minute, um, I know that you were selected as a CNN hero. Can you just give us a little background story to that? Well, normally they, they, um, they choose 10 heroes every year. Yes. And that year they only had nine, so they were kind of up the creek. So, <laughs> no. so they just found you. Oh, come on, tell us the real story. <laughs> the story is that it's very unusual to have children who are teaching the world. I just had the privilege of representing the children. And that's what I have the privilege today. You know, the, these children are teaching how to deal with life. We had a, a young man, Fred, who um, was going through a bone marrow transplant and the docs couldn't get him out of bed. And we walked in there and were able to let him feel that power. The next day, he was, he was walking out of bed. Such and they said, change. you come back because you changed Fred's life. Right. The ability to let the children, and we didn't do anything. And this story goes on and on and on again. We had a young man, there's a group in here, but I think they're all over the world, mm -hmm. called the Optimists. You've heard of them? It's like yes, the Lions, yes. the Rotary. Yes. There's a group called the Optimists. There's probably a group called the Pessimists. Those are optimists with experience. <laughs> <laughs> so these optimists oh. make a party for us, and at the end, um, this young, young man, Bernard, is being wheeled to the front by his twin sister. They were, neither of them were yet 11 years old. And he asked for the microphone. Bernard likes to talk. And in a loud voice, hey, my name's Bernard. There are 400 people milling around this, this room. And they all stopped and looked at the little boy in the wheelchair. And he says, I want to thank you, Optimus, for making a great party for us. And you, you know, Kids Kicking Cancer, you guys are a family. But I want to teach you what they teach us at Kids Kicking Cancer, and that is, no matter what you face in your life, you can breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. And then he proceeds to teach everyone how to do a breath break, how to pull up that light and breathes out and relaxes his body with the exhale. And he big smile in his face. Remember, no matter what you face in your life, you can breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. And then they gave me the microphone and I frankly had to take a breath break because we all knew that Bernard's mom ran away when he was a baby. His dad died when he was eight years old. His uncle died when he was nine years old. And that was the year he was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor that was slowly stealing any movement from his body. Right. And with the most beautiful smile on his face, he tells these people out there, no matter what you face in your life, you can breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. So when I was able to compose myself, yes. I looked at the audience and I said, I want you guys to know that Bernard Johnson just defined optimism. But the definition of optimism is not that everything is going to be great. Optimism means that we can respond to everything with greatness. Oh, I love that. That's, That's what our children teach every single day all over the planet. And our goal by 2025 is to reach 1 million children. And we need help to do that. We need supporters. We need ongoing dialogue and conferencing. We're making our, a conference for healthcare providers in, in November with some great speakers here in Detroit, but for global, mm -hmm. we need supporters. We need help to be able to hire and train the right personnel all over the world how to breathe in the light and blow out the darkness. And for people who are interested in um, helping 
how can they get in touch with you? Easiest way is our website, kidskickingcancer.org. So www.kidskickingcancer.org. And we have all opportunity and all information there. We are a program that's extraordinarily transparent. Every dollar is appropriated in a way that helps us reach more and more children. Wow, this has really been such an impactful um, podcast for me. Um, and it sounds like these children are really a blessing for you, right? They've changed your life dramatically, it sounds like. You know, I, so. I tell everybody that much more than when we, what we give to them, they give to us. When you walk into a hospital room, especially in our travels in Africa, where you literally go from bed to bed to bed to bed, with a lot of amputees, a lot of the children in Africa are coming in with stage three and stage four disease because their primary physician is a faith healer and not a physician. Right. And then many of them, they're told they're cursed. Oh. And, so, oh. and then wow. the ones who are not abandoned have parents who live 10 hours away and can't get there because they're too poor. And so you have mm -hmm. children who are sitting there and they don't do limb salvage surgeries Ooh. generally. So you have these kids who are sitting there, amputees, going from place to place and going through surgeries and pain. There's nobody there with them. The ability to reach into a child and in five minutes make them smile and feel their power is extraordinary. Really wow, is. from hurting to a hero in less than five minutes. And so we're very blessed, and as we go, we just started, we were, I think we're in nine hospitals now in South Africa, and just started in Zimbabwe, and Botswana, and uh, Mozambique, and Senegal are all on our targets, God willing, but so is the rest of the world. And so the ability to bring in that light and to blow out that darkness and to become a teacher is something that we won't rest until every child on the planet knows how she or he has purpose to what they're going through. And when they learn they have that purpose, and you look at their faces, it can illuminate the planet. Wow, that's beautiful. I, I hope that you get everywhere that you want to be and globally because this really needs to be disseminated everywhere. It's, so, it's a beautiful, wonderful organization, and it's it's so important um, so I hope that you are able to get there and I hope all our listeners um, that are able to will contribute to this wonderful organization and it's been just so wonderful having you on so thank you so much for coming on and talking to us um, we thank really you both appreciate for it. allowing me the opportunity to spread the light of these children and please God your five to six million listeners will respond <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yes, well, it's our honor and pleasure, and we're going to continue doing our part and having this conversation and talking about kids kicking cancer because you're not only helping the children, but their families, their communities, and their worlds. So thank you for being their light. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. And that's all for today. Um, we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye.